All right. So let's get into this story right here. Titan sub Ocean CEO didn't want to hire 50 year old white guys because they're not inspirational. <sighs> Ocean Gate CEO Stockton Rush, who went missing aboard the tight this Titan submersible vessel along with four other passengers on Sunday, told the told an interviewer he didn't want to hire a bunch of 50-year-old white guys like other submarine companies because he wanted his team to be inspirational. <clears throat> okay. Okay, this is... This is where it's going to get extremely tragic. All right? And we're going to learn more. going to learn a lot okay fair use second but now i want you to watch this short Marine veteran from the United States Navy Submarine Force and uh, a subject matter expert in uh, submarines. I'm here to give you my opinion on what happened uh, with this Titan tragedy today. So the Ocean Gate Expedition. Let me make sure you get his name. Sorry. Sub brief. I am a 20 year submarine veteran from the United States Navy Submarine Force and uh, a subject matter expert in uh, submarines. I'm here to give you my opinion on what happened uh, with this Titan tragedy today. So the Ocean Gate Expedition is a manned submarine transport company that leverages college graduate engineers with off-the-shelf technology for cost-effect subsea research. On Sunday, June 18th, 2023, Ocean Gate suffered loss of communication with their Titan submarine, a deep diving Cyclops class. Titan was uh, designed to take up to five people to the Titanic wreck site and other deep water locations. As the Titan descended with its crew of five to the Titanic wreck, an hour and 40 minutes into the dive, communication with the submersible was lost. Uh, this is about the same time that she was scheduled to drop ballast and touch bottom at near the two hour mark. So those may be connected, we're not sure yet. Loss of communication with the vessel uh, below 3000 meters is not uncommon. It's a non-zero chance of happening uh, as it happened during testing. So there was not unexpected. So as the hours passed on June 18th, 2023, communication was not reestablished during the 10 hour dive. After approximately 12 hours, the topside support team on the ship Polar Prince contacted the US Coast Guard at 9:13 p.m. to report loss of contact with their vessel. That's a summary of what happened. So uh, in this video, I'm gonna to describe to you vessel construction, the systems uh, that they have on board, the concerns that I have about the design, uh, about its experimental, experimental build. And uh, first, a disclaimer from Ocean Gates Expedition. Listen to this. An experimental submersible vessel that has not been approved or certified by any regulatory body and could result in physical injury, disability, emotional trauma, or death. Where do I sign? Where do I sign, right? So Ocean Gate Expedition Waiver explains just how experimental this design is. It's not registered or certified by any agency or the Coast Guard, like some of their other submarines actually are. This one is not. This is like an experimental plane, but it's a submarine in this.
why would they do that? Why would you just lay, just commit suicide like that? I mean, you didn't have it tested by the military. You didn't have it tested by the Coast Guard. You just got in that. You just build it, and you got in that, and you just went to your to your deaths. I don't. It's just like you have the money. There's no excuse for this. But you're gonna see later because I have some other clips to show about this. This case, and it spells out the dangers in riding for everybody on board, and that you may die if you uh, ride on board this submersible. It says it right there in the waiver. So let's talk about the data sheet that they have. This is from the OceanGate website. The Titan is a 21,000 pound, 22 foot long, electrically driven submarine for five people. Uh, the test depth is calculated to be 4,000 meters. And this is kind of key because right now this is just the Naval Architect Engineering uh, calculating the strength of the pressure vessel without an actual dynamic test at sea at this point for 4,000 meters. It is built of five inches of carbon fiber with a titanium hatch glued on the bow and a, and a uh, steel or titanium dome on the uh, aft. It has 96 hours of life support, which is very vague. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, sensors and systems on board are built and produced by Teledyne Blueview. They have the 2D sonar and the Doppler velocity uh, INS, which is inertial navigation system that is upgraded with the ultra short baseline, which means it's very accurate at calculating motion while submerged. And this system I know is very good. I have no questions about the Teledyne equipment. It's probably the best thing on this thing that actually works. All right, so here's the pressure hull under construction. As you can see, it's just a carbon fiber weave that is just loomed left and right until it becomes five inches thick. It's a carbon fiber wrap that's designed to withstand the pressures of 4,000 meters of sea depth. Here is a video of it being, um, of the titanium hatch rings being installed on one of the ends. Watch this. That's the adhesive right there. Think of it like a very thick glue. It's going to bond the titanium ring that you see there onto the carbon fiber pressure hull. And they only get one chance to do this because once it's on, that bonding agent adheres. And um, it's not coming back off again after this. So they very carefully line it up and it looks like they got it right. So good job getting the hatch rings on. This is gonna go on both sides, the, fat, the, the forward bow and the aft section. Here's what the aft section looks like. The aft section simply an aft dome that is placed on that titanium ring. On the front, there is an access hatch that we'll show you here in a second. But now I want you to watch this short interview that the CEO of OceanGate, Mr. Stockton Rush, had with Teledyne Marine representatives. Teledyne Marine are making the sonar systems and inertial navigation systems for this vessel. But listen to what he talks about. The CEO talks about hiring people. Uh, yes, I mean, when I started the business, one of the things you'll find, there are other sub-operators out there, but they, they typically um, have uh, gentlemen who are ex-military submariners, and they you'll see a whole bunch of 50-year-old white guys. Um, I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational, and I'm not going to inspire a 16-year-old to, to go pursue marine technology. But a 25-year-old, uh, you know, who's a sub-pilot or a, a platform operator, or one of our techs, can be inspirational. And so we've really tried to to get um, 
very intelligent, motivated, younger individuals involved because we're doing things that are completely new. We're taking approaches that are used largely in the aerospace industry is related to safety and uh, some of the, the preponderance of checklists, uh, things we do for risk assessments and things like that that are more, more aviation related than um, ocean related. And we can train people to do that. We can train someone to pilot the sub. We use a game controller. Um, so I can't believe he did this stupid crap. That was his choice. Wokeness got him killed. You don't try to be inspired. You don't try to be woke when it comes to this. You get qualified people. No, you don't. You get people with experience, so you don't have to train them. You don't have to spend additional money training them. Wow. So anybody can drive the sub. All right, so Stockton Rush, the CEO of Ocean Gate Expeditions, avoided hiring submarine veterans because we're 50-year-old white men, like myself, and would not inspire young people. And that's a valid reason. I wouldn't expect, say, the young teenage generation to look up to me and be like, I want to be like that guy. I kind of get that. But also... No, this is about survival. You, you, He threw his life away. You're not... So, look, this isn't the movies. You're not supposed to look cool. You're supposed to know what you're doing. I don't care if the guy doesn't look like, you know, the guy that will be on Maxim magazine, you know, the point, does he know what he's doing? Is he competent? Is he capable of doing the job? That's what matters. So you don't want to just only hire young college graduates that you would then train to inspire the next generation. You have to have subject matter experts at some point in the chain. And I'm not talking about the vice admiral that's on the board of directors. We're not even going to talk about him. He's a retired Coast Guard admiral, served you know honorably, no problems there. But you don't seem to have a, a subject matter expert that's from the submarine community that could maybe talk about some of the problems that we're going to go over today. Just some things that I've seen just from your promotional videos on your site. The team uh, included technicians that threw a hammer in college was his qualification, uh, besides being a college graduate. Another college graduate was a surfer. He hired him on because he enjoyed his surfing stories, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but the idea was to train these young college graduates in operating the submarine with a game controller. Let's take a look at this game controller. It's a PlayStation 3 wireless controller. I really don't have a problem with it being a PlayStation controller. It could be any kind of controller that they want. I really have a problem with it being wireless. You don't want to control your submarine with a wireless connection. Like, what happens if the batteries die? Do you have an extra on every I'm sorry I don't... <laughs> all right <clears throat> I'm wrong for laughing right but I was on the job and a friend of a co-worker of mine made a joke about what happens if the battery dies okay and to me I looked at him as like this guy's cold as hell he made that he literally made that joke and this is what what happened Wow. Dive, did you bring extra batteries? Um, is there a USB port where in a pinch you could plug the controller into whatever? The thing is, like, I can't get over the fact that the military actually does this type of thing. I mean, it's not something that's uncommon. The military does um, use, uh, you know, um, controllers to man their vehicles and drones but th th this right here is just ridiculous i'm sorry
system you have there an actually controller does it have to maintain a bluetooth connection you know did you bring a spare and does that spare sync properly if the primary controller doesn't work like are these things that they thought about i hope so we don't know they've only shown this one all right so let's talk about access this is the bow or the front of the titan and uh, the only way in and out of the submarine is through this forward hatch that is held on by 17 bolts. There is no other egress. There's no other way out of the submarine other than through the 17 bolted hatch. And it's, there's no way to open it from the inside. You can't undo the bolts from the inside or. What type of nonsense is this? Who, they didn't get these plans checked. Was this a good idea? To design it this way could you have gotten correction on how to design it a different way i wouldn't have gotten something this small why not make it bigger why not make a real submarine that is big that is huge if you guys are millionaires the more you hear about this story the more it's like you know how how did you become a millionaire? You could be this dumb. I'm sorry. Swing the hatch open. You are completely dependent on the surface support vessel topside whenever you get in this thing that they're going to let you back out before your 96 hours of air runs out. So he talks about taking examples and learning lessons from the aviation community. Well, one of the worst non-flight disasters in NASA history was from the Apollo 1, where uh, three astronauts lost their lives doing a systems uh, check on the launch pad while they were bolted into their capsule. You know, there was a fire that started in there. They were alive when the fire started. They reported it to the control center, said, get us out of here, get us out of here, there's a fire. And before they could get the bolts off, the the astronauts had passed away this is a very important lesson learned that apparently stockton didn't learn from or at least forgot because he's locking people into this submarine with no way for them to quickly get out themselves in the case of a casualty so let's talk about life support um the data sheet claims that it has 96 hours of life support for five people my question is how was this tested did they put five people in the submarine while it was ashore, sealed them in there with 17 bolts and waited even 24 hours to see how uh, good the air quality was after one day, much less four days? Was that test ever done? We don't know. There's no information on that. There's simply a claim on the website that they have 96 hours of life support. Where is the atmosphere monitoring system? In all these photos, I don't see any air pitons or sensors anywhere. And in all the displays that I see from their public website, no, there's no indication of oxygen levels and other you know, toxic gas levels like CO2, carbon monoxide, all these things that could generate, you need to be aware of those levels. And if they are aware, it's just not available on any of their, uh, uh, of their photos. Uh, did they just keep pumping oxygen into the uh, capsule while it was underway so they could keep the CO2 and you know oxygen level in a proper ratio? Well, there's a lot of other gases involved with that that you have to manage as well. So they need to keep track of that stuff. If they were just adding oxygen to the environment, well, that creates a high oxygen environment. 
what happens when you're locked inside a capsule with a high oxygen environment and you're operating electronics? Well, you burn up in your Apollo capsule like an astronaut. That's another possibility of what happened here. We just need to know more about this life support system. Uh, this was a custom build, so there is no other standard to go off of. We just have their claim of 96 hours on their website and the video and photos that they have made public on their website. The only evidence of a deep submergence test that we have with the Titan, the specific submarine, is when Stockton Rush, the CEO, took it down to just over 3,000 meters by himself solo in about a 10-hour trip. Uh, this does not verify the atmosphere system will support five people, okay? Certainly not for 96 hours because he wasn't even down there that long. Okay, it also, and more importantly, does not support that the test depth of this vessel is actually 4,000 meters because he just went down below 3,000 meters, but not to 4,000. So the test depth has been verified at some point between those two depths. And the Titanic is very close to 4,000 meters. It's just shy of that, actually. Uh, the test depth right now is just mathematically calculated by a naval architect engineer that I'm sure did the math right, but it's still just theoretical until you actually dive to that depth. And then you stay there for a fixed period of time. This is one of many tests that they needed to do. Now, let's talk about emergency air breathing. What if there's toxic gas in your capsule? and you can't get out. How do you breathe if there's smoke billowing out of a piece of equipment or something? So do they have emergency air breathing uh, gas mask, or mask rather, with positive airflow, positive air going into the mask, keeping all the toxic fumes out of the, uh, out of the mask itself? Is there a way to ventilate the capsule if it's full of smoke? From what I've seen, absolutely not. The only way you're gonna ventilate it is to go to the surface, take off the 17 bolts, open that hatch, and wave the smoke out. Well, that is not gonna help you if you're submerged and you're trying to drive the submarine to the surface. If you can't see your displays or even outside the port, how are you gonna know which way you're driving with your little PlayStation 3 controller? This is why you hire a submarine expert to bring these things up and then resolve them and then test them. Uh, it would have saved lives. So let's get back to our story. So it is June 18th, it's day three of an eight day trip. We're on board the Polar Prince. Polar Prince is a deep sea support vessel and it's over the Titanic wreck site. The Titan submarine is on board. It's on board its launch sled that you can see here. And I will say this, this patented launch sled is very cleverly designed and seems to work very well. So uh, they did a great job with the sled getting this thing on board ships. One of the nice things about this sled is it allows them to operate in higher sea states than if they were just uh, going off the back of a deep sea ocean vessel. Uh, because they don't need an A-crane, they can just slide the sled into the seas and then they submerge the sled as we'll see here in a second. Here is another photo of that sled, uh, presumably during testing, because it looks like it was near Everett, Washington, whenever they took this photo. But this is what that sled looks like. Uh, here is it submerged. They submerge it down to 30 feet, where it is then stabilized. And the seas can be pretty rough, 30 feet at the surface. And down here, they'll be very calm. And from this platform, this is where they dock and launch the, uh, the submerged vessel, the Titan. Okay, so the Titan swims away under its own electrical power. This is on uh, June 18th of uh, 2023, uh, using its four motors and begins its descent down to the Titanic wreck. 
people on board. We now have the names of all five people. We have Stockton Rush, the CEO of OceanGate, probably acting as tour guide, I imagine. We have uh, PH, who is a French explorer, also tina, Titanic expert, very well-respected gentleman, who presumably would be the pilot and, of course, uh, tour guide for the guest on board. The guest on board are three uh, businessmen. Uh, Mr. Daywood uh, and his son, tragically, is with him. And uh, another gentleman, Hamish Harding, is the, is the third guest. Total of five people on board going down to see the Titanic. And uh, sadly, they have not been heard from at the time of this recording. So at about one hour and 40 minutes into the dive, they lose communication with the surface vessel. That uh, data link that they have that is giving uh, position of the and depth of the submarine uh, is finally lost but that is not unexpected because they saw that loss in testing as well whenever the ceo went down on a solo dive they had lost communication so this was not you know unheard of which i think delayed the call for assistance from topside they expected contact to be reestablished probably during ascent some eight to ten hours later and unfortunately contact was never reestablished and then some 12 hours uh, later, at about 9.13 p.m. is when they called the American Coast Guard for a loss of communication with their vessel. So I made a short list of just some of the things I see wrong with this design. I'm sure this list will grow and we'll know more once the investigation is complete on the submarine. First, they used a carbon fiber pressure hull. That is great to a point. It's lightweight, it's very strong, but it's not perfect. These things are not made out of magic. And everybody that's worked with carbon fiber in the past knows that it does not crack, it shatters like a porcelain plate. So uh, whenever it does fail, it fails quickly and unexpectedly. And because the test depth of 4,000 meters was never actually tested before they brought guests on board. So let's look at all this tomfoolery here all right use of carbon fiber pressure hull which is not sustainable hires young and experienced technicians no subject matter expert in su submarine operations and safety does not use lessons learned from nasa and aviation community possible that the atmosphere life support was not tested test depth of 4,000 meters was not tested at sea before before first commercial dive no way to ventilate the pressure hull no emergency breathing no voice communications, comms lost. Oh my gosh. All of this could have been avoided. He had the resources and the means to make sure this did not go as the way it did. And it's so small. Come on, man. Oh. Board. This is one possibility is that the carbon fiber pressure hull shattered uh, for whatever reason, maybe a defect in the construction. You could speculate all you want about that, but that's one possibility. Also, he hires young, inexperienced technicians. That alone is not a problem. I support that. It's a great idea, especially with inspiring the next generation. But with your young, inexperienced technicians, you have to hire subject matter experts in submarine operations and safety. You have to have that. And you a lot of these concerns could have been addressed before you brought guests on board or you took anyone down and, and lost them at sea as what appears to have happened here. 
It did not use uh, lessons learned from NASA and the aviation community as he stated he did in that interview because he's locking people in a cylinder, in a capsule, if you will, with no way to get out with uh, oxygen being fed into it. And I don't understand how nobody like talked to him like, yo, bro, this thing only has one way in and one way out. I don't like that. We need to do these plans. We need to scrap this and do a whole new submarine. Why didn't anybody say that to him? Possibly a high oxygen environment resulting in a fire. Okay. And once there's a fire, there isn't any way to breathe. There's no emergency air breathing that I'm aware of. Uh, there's, there's no pictures of it. There's no mention of it in the stat sheet, data sheet. So the test up, like I said, was not verified. Uh, the atmosphere life support system, uh, there's not enough details on that to really make a judgment. I would love to know more as to how they monitored life support and how they scrubbed the CO2 and other toxins like hydrogen and carbon monoxide. All that stuff takes equipment to do that. And if they're just dumping oxygen into this environment, by the time an hour and 40 minutes went by, they would have a high oxygen environment just like Apollo 1, all right? There's no way to ventilate that I'm aware of the pressure hull. So once it does have a toxic gas or smoke, there's no way to get rid of it other than to surface and open the hatch. That's ridiculous and unsafe. There's no emergency air breathing for the people on board. There's no voice communications with Topside because Stockton Rush in his interview with Teledyne said that he was tired of being interrupted from Topside with update requests, which is why he chose to go with the data acoustic modem that would transmit the position and depth of the submarine continuously so that he could enjoy his submarine ride. So, the Titan began its descent with five souls on board. Uh, contact was lost after an hour and 40 minutes and contact was never reestablished. And uh, I really feel terrible for all the families. And this man, he, he led. He, so he could enjoy his, his, his ride. You put everybody's life in jeopardy so you can just enjoy a ride. This isn't a ride to the Titanic. This is something that could cost you your life. The ocean pressure there will crush you. I don't know what it is because you're a billionaire. They, some people, when they become billionaires, they think that they are absolved from doing tests, doing things the proper way, going through the proper channels to make sure you survive when you're doing these types of endeavors. For some reason, he, he thought that he was immune from that. And he had the money to do this. It's it just... This is, it, it, it just is nonsensical, man. It's just so nonsensical. This didn't have to happen. Okay, when I started the business, one of the things you'll find here is that there are other sub operators out there, but they typically have gentlemen who are ex-military submarines, and you'll see a whole bunch of 50-year-old white guys rush told a representative with Teledyne Marine in August of 2020, wanted our team to be younger. 
be inspirational. And I'm not going to inspire a 16 year old to pursue marine technology, but a 25 year old, you know, who's a sub pilot or a platform operator, pop operator, or one of our techs, such as ins can be inspirational. Rush continued. So we've really tried to get very intelligent, motivated, younger individual individuals involved because we're doing things that are complex, completely new. We're taking approaches that are used largely in the aerospace industry is related to safety and some of the preponderance of checklist things we do for risk assessment and things like that, that are more aviation related than ocean related. We can train people to do that. We can train someone to pilot us the sub. We can use a game controller any, so anybody can drive the sub. How stupid is that? Rush Titan sub went missing on June 18th while descending into the Titanic wreck site, the coast of Newfoundland, Canada, in the Atlantic Ocean. has not been heard from since. On Tuesday, U.S. Coast Guard officials said at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you know, ET News, I'm sorry, conference that the submersal has about 40 hours of oxygen left, CNN reported. The depth of the area where they went missing could pose a challenge. The deepest ever underwater rescue was that of Roger Chapman and Roger Mullingston, who were rescued from the Pisces 3 submissive at depths 1,575 feet in 1973. They were trapped for 76 hours before finally being hauled to the surface. And then continued the Titanic rescue is much deeper, sitting nearly at 13,000 feet below sea level. Former Ocean Gate Director, Marine Operations David Larcher is one of those 50-year-old white guys Rush wanted to avoid hiring for not being inspirational enough was fired by Rush in 2018 after he reported, reportedly blew the whistle on OceanGate by raising safety concerns over their first-of-a-kind carbon fiber hull and other systems. From TechCrunch, a whistleblower raised safety concerns about OceanGate's submersive in 2018, then he was fired. David Lockridge was terminated in January 2018 after pre presenting a scathing quality control report on the vessel to OceanGate senior manager, including founder and CEO Stockton Rush, who is on the board, who was on board the missing vessel. According to a court filing by Lockridge, the, the preamble to his report read, now is the time to properly address items that may pose a safety risk to personnel. Verbal communication of the key items I have addressed in my attached document have been dismissed on several occasions, so I feel now I must make this report so there is an official record in place. The record detailed numerous issues that posed serious safety concerns. According to the filing, these included Lockridge's worry that visible flaws in the carbon fiber supply to the Ocean Gate raised the risk of small flaws expanding into larger tears during pressure cycling. These are the huge pressure changes that the submersible would experience as it has made its way from the deep ocean floor. He noted that the pre that a previous test scale model of the hull had pre prevalent flaws. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get this. Oh, hello, Shauna. Hope you're enjoying the live stream. I, I, I just don't. I don't get the incompetence here. Was it that bad that you had to just enjoy your ride at the expense of three other people on that ship?
on that vessel. <clears throat> Carbon fiber composites can be stronger and lighter than steel, making a submersible naturally buoyant, but they can also be prone to sudden failure under stress. The hull that Locker was writing about was made of made by Spencer Composites. The only company to have made have previously made a carbon fiber hull for a manned submersible. That submersible was commissioned by explorer Steve Fawcett for a record-breaking dive, but he died in a light aircraft crash before it could be used. Baki's recommendation that was that was that non-destructive testing of the Titan's hull was necessary to ensure a solid and safe product. The filing states that Lockheed was told that such testing isn't wasn't possible, that OceanGate would instead rely on its much-touted acoustic monitoring system. The company claims this technology developed in-house uses acoustic sensors to listen for the telltale signs of carbon fibers in the hull deteriorating to provide early warning detection for the pilot with enough time to arrest the descent and safely return to the surface. Lockheed, however, worried in the lawsuit that the system would not prevail flaws, would not reveal flaws until the vessel was descending and then might only provide milliseconds of warning before a catastrophic implosion. Russell McDuff, a veteran oceanographer and chairman of the OceanGate Scientific and Research Foundation for three years, noted that contact with the Titan was lost on Sunday after only an hour and 45 minutes. This suggests to me that they might have still been in the water column descending to the Titanic, told TechCrunch in a phone interview. Lockheed also strongly encouraged OceanGate to have a classification agency, such as the American Bureau of Shipping, inspect and certify the Titan. A day after filing his report, Lockheed was summoned to a meeting with Rush and the company's human resources, engineering, operations directors. There, the filing states, he was also informed that the manufacturer of the Titan's forward viewpoint would only certify it to a depth of 1,300 meters due to OceanGate's experimental design. The following states that OceanGate refused to pay for the manufacturer to build a viewport that would meet the Titan's intended depth of 4,000 meters. The Titan lies about 3,800 meters below the surface. So all this was like you didn't want to pay. You didn't want to pay to make sure that this went smoothly. The filing also claims that hazardous flammable materials were being used within the submersible. At the end of the meeting, after saying that he would not authorize any manned tests on the Titan without the scan of the hull, Lockridge was fired and escorted from the building. Lockridge, who claimed he was discharged in retaliation for being a whistleblower, made his filing after OceanGate sued him in federal court in Seattle that June. OceanGate has accused him of sharing confidential information with two individuals, as well as the Occupational Safety and Health Organization, OSHA. In the lawsuit, OceanGate characterized Lockridge's report as false and accused him of, of committing fraud by manufacturing a reason to be fired. TechCrunch reported the lawsuit was settled in November of 2018, and neither OceanGate nor Lockridge responded to requests for comment. Update, one of Russia's inspirational young female employees apparently shared a video of TikTok on Monday of the Titan ship descending on its seemingly last and final mission to the Titanic. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, greed and arrogance is basically that what killed them. I can't believe this is th what I'm reading, though. A PlayStation 3 controller, you let your lives be controlled by a PlayStation 3 controller. Um, I, I, I just, 
I'm baffled. I really am baffled about that. Let's get on to more information about this. And it's it's crazy and it's insane. It really is. Hold on one second. Second. All right. I got it. This is what a um, military veteran has to say who has experience with the seas. This is what he has to say. Fair use. The passengers on the Titanic sub are gone, and I don't say that very lightly, but I was an anti-submarine officer. Let me explain some stuff. Around 1 o'clock today, article said they had about 40 hours of breathable air, so they're down to about 37 now. But even if they find this submarine, which is going to be very difficult to pick up on sonar because of rocks and other objects in the water, they won't be able to actually lift this submarine out of the water or open any of the doors or hatches. When an object is, say, in the middle of the ocean, you have buoyant forces that can push up. But this submarine is at the very bottom, likely on the seabed, at 13,000 feet, which means that 100% of the buoyant forces is in the downward direction. It would literally take an act of God for that submarine to come back up. When I was in the Navy, we had what's known as the WQC-2 Gertrude. It's an underwater microphone you can basically listen. And while I was doing a tour in the Middle East, specifically in the Persian Gulf, there was an Iranian sub that went down to the bottom. And it was one of the saddest things because you wanted to help them, but we were not allowed to. And we could physically hear on the Gertrude the sailors banging on pipes asking for help. There was nothing that we could do. At the beginning, there was lots of bangs. Bang, 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 bang. And as time progressed, the bangs got slower. Bang. Bang. Pretty depressing, to be honest. So I don't really like saying it, but condolences to these individuals and their families. Like I said, it'll take literally an act of God to pull something like that 13,000 feet from under the water. The divers can't really help there. They could cut it open, but the second you do that, you'll have water pouring in it super fast. It would crush them on the inside. All I can say is wow. All right. So let's talk about this crazy, insane Democrat. This is what she says. This is what she says. Senior Democrat says Trump needs to be shot dead. Wow. Democrat and ranking member of the House Weaponizing Subcommittee has called for Donald Trump to be shot dead to prevent, in, to prevent him from winning the 2024 election. Democrat delegate to the House Representative from the Virgin Island, from the U.S. Virgin Islands, Stacey Plaskett, said the quiet part out loud during her latest appearance on MSNBC. During her latest appearance on the Sunday show, Pascal declared having Trump not only having codes, but now having the classified information for Americans, being able to put out, put that out and share it in his in his resort with anyone and everyone and everything who comes through should be terrifying to all Americans. 
Velasquez then added, he needs to be shot. Whoa. The video was originally shared by RNC Deputy Director Jake Snyder, but has since been picked up by several other accounts. So let's hear what she has to say. Having Trump not only have had the codes, but now having the classified information for Americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone and everyone who comes through should be terrifying to all Americans. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be shot, stopped. Having Let's hear that again. Trump not only have had the codes, but now having the classified information for Americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone and everyone who comes through should be terrifying to all Americans. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be shot. Stop. Oh. Hmm. All right. <laughs> having Trump not only have had the codes, but now having the classified information for Americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone and everyone who comes through should be terrifying to all Americans. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be shot, stopped. Plaskett mm. mm. previously served as the impeachment manager during Trump's impeachment trial. The delegate from the U.S. Virgin Islands has made it loud and clear she has disdain towards Trump and MAGA Republicans. Last month, Plaska claimed that MAGA Republicans are a threat to the rule of law in America. All right. Representative Plaska, this hearing is evidence as if we needed any more that MAGA Republicans are a threat to the rule of law in America. My colleagues on the far right are in are on a mission to attack, discredit, and ultimately dismantle the FBI. This is a defund the police on steroids. They give us the bare minimum notice for hearings. No subject indicated. We learn who the hearing witnesses is from British tabloids. That's not normal in the House of Representatives. One must wonder, are Republicans scared of giving us the information so that we can do our own due diligence on these conspiracy theories, these ideas that they want to put forward. Indeed, today's hearing will be more of the same. Perhaps they're too far gone to realize that in fact, this hearing is evidence, as if we need it anymore, that MAGA Republicans are a threat to the rule of law in America. Less than two months ago, former President Trump facing mounting investigations into his many alleged crimes, declared that, quote, Republicans in Congress should defund the DOJ and the FBI until they can come to their senses. And we all know that when Trump says jump, the Republicans in the House say, how high? So here we are on police week, watching House Republicans jump to lay the foundation to defund law enforcement. My colleagues on the far right are on a mission to attack, discredit, and ultimately dismantle the FBI. This is defund the police on steroids. As part of their mission, my colleagues have brought in these former agents, men who lost their security clearances because they were a threat to our national security 
who, out of malice or ignorance or both, have put partisan agenda above the oath they swore to serve this country and protect its national security. Plaska, when in the FBI conservative, when the FBI investigates conservative Christian white men who are actually threatening violence, suddenly my Republican colleagues are rushing to defund the police. Hmm. Weird stuff here, but let's keep looking. The real thing that Americans need to be focused on is why. My Republican colleagues would like me and others to believe that they've suddenly found religion when it comes to misconduct in law enforcement. Give me a break. When the FBI is rifling through personal correspondence of people of color, when law enforcement tries to push policies to limit the freedom of people practicing a different religion, or unjustly pursuing people in cars who look like Philando Castile or my children, or who are just going about their business, or breaking down the doors of people's homes like Breonna Taylor? Do you think my Republican colleagues care about that? They don't bat an eye. But when the FBI investigates conservative Christian white men who are actually threatening violence, suddenly my Republican colleagues are rushing to defund the police. The reason we're here today is because Chairman Jordan wants to make America Trump again. My Republican colleagues aren't here representing their constituents, not my constituents. They're representing Donald Trump. They're acting as his defense attorney, his campaign operative, and everything in between. This committee, this select committee, is a clearinghouse for testing conspiracy theories for Donald Trump to use in his 2024 presidential campaign. What's clear from these hearings is that Donald Trump knows just as well as I do that the danger to him and his MAGA movement is the rule of law. That's why this committee is working so hard to undermine the rule of law. That's why Donald Trump asked Jordan and others on this committee to waste our time and taxpayer money asked the Speaker of the House to attack the Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, for having the audacity to indict the former president on 34 counts of fraud. And that's why this committee hasn't given up its stolen election talking point. Well, what she's not willing to admit is that Breonna Taylor, you know, she got her, uh, what happened to her was the fact that had she not been messing around with drug dealers and building up a history, she would be alive today. See, that was Breonna Taylor's real problem. She had a fetish for drug dealers. That's why she ended up dead. She built a history with one drug dealer and then was still caught having a relationship with another drug dealer, okay? And that drug dealer shot at cops, and that's what started off the gunfire, okay? You can get mad all you want, but the truth of the matter is if she hadn't been messing with drug dealers, she would be alive, okay? Now, I understand there's dirt on the Republicans, but this is no excuse for what she's talking about, none. 
All right. And I will say this. I think it's best for Trump to stay out of politics. Sit this one out. To stay alive. Sit this one out. Let's hear what uh, she has to say. Guess what she has to say after this. Democrat blames conservative media for hyping up Trump assassination remark. Virgin Islands Congresswoman Stacey Plaskett told MSNBC the former president needed to be shot, stopped. <laughs> Delegate Stacey Plaskett, Democrat of Virgin Islands, escorted conservative media for calling attention to a television appearance in which she appeared to call for the assassination of former U.S. President Donald Trump, insisting in a statement on Tuesday that she had done no such thing. It is unfortunate that conservative media has taken an instance where I misspoke and misrepresented it as though I advocate for violence. I unequivocally do not, Plaskett said. I wish former President Trump no ill will or harm, only that justice be served in his case, as with every other American who must face the penalties for wrongdoing. Plaskett claimed to have misspoken during a MSNBC segment discussing the Republican candidate's indictment over his alleged mishandling of confidential documents. Having Trump not only have had the nuclear codes, but now having the classification of classified information for Americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone and everyone who comes through should be terrifying to all Americans. And he needed to be shot. She had said without elaborating on whether the latter words was meant as a correction or simply clarification. Several conservatives, conservative outlets included Fox News and the New York Post published articles about her supposed slip-up, including responses to the clip on social media calling for Plaskett to be investigated by the Secret Service or even criminally charged for threatening the former president. I do believe and did intend to say that he must be stopped. The delegate, a non-voting member of the U.S. Congress, continued reiterating, I do not advocate for anyone to shoot former President Trump. In April, Plaskett called for journalist Matt Taibbi to be charged with perjury based on our rival journalist claimed that Taibbi had deliberately substituted the name of the Department of Homeland Security, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, CISA, subsidiarity for Center for Internet Security, SIS, CIS, in order to falsely depict an unconstitutional close relationship between the government agency and Twitter. Taibbi countered that the switch was a mistake he had immediately corrected, and which ultimately turned out to be true. In her statement on Tuesday, Plastic claimed she did not encourage or condone political violence, nor, nor behavior that goes against democratic policy principles at any time. That also appeared to clash with her sign-off from MSNBC program, in which she remarked that in the Virgin Islands, we're celebrating our 175th year of emancipation from through violent and organized slave rebellion to remove ourselves from chattel slavery. Okay, what's wrong with her saying that? 
while running for Congress, Plaskett actively pursued and received campaign contributions from convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein after securing lucrative tax breaks from the pedophile for the pedophile in her role as general counsel for the island's economic development authority. Wow. Why aren't you investigated for this? What? This is disgusting. This is disgusting right here. I wow. This this is just unbelievable. Unfreaking believable, man. Wow. You took donations from Jeffrey Epstein, yet you have to say that Trump is a threat? What about you? You took campaign contributions from convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. What did you have to give in return by accepting these campaign contributions? What did you have to look the other way? Did he come to your country? Did he come to the Virgin Islands? What did he do there on your watch that you allowed? He doesn't, nobody gives money, especially a, a convicted sex offender with power. He ain't giving away no money without some type of favors in return. Okay. That's what I see here. What do you know? New York can't cope with the migrant influx. You think, Mayor Eric Adams? Eric Adams says the city needs more funding from the government, which has so far only given a depressing small amount of money. New York City is considering converting unused office spaces to affordable housing, Mayor Eric Adams has said in an interview with RTVI. He confirmed that the city was struggling to deal with the rapid influx of migrants over the past year. Many people are still working from home post-pandemic, and the vat and these uh, vacant, empty office spaces could be used to address our city's affordable housing crisis. Adams explained, according to the mayor, authorities plan to convert almost 90 million square meters of empty real estate to provide housing for migrants while the city waits for more funds from the White House to address this national scale issue. The US Federal Emergency Management Agency has given New York a depressingly small amount of money so far. We have the vast majority of migrants and asylum seekers coming to our city, and we need to get the resources we need to address this problem, he said. The mayor also specifically mentioned the influx of Ukrainian refugees to the city, claiming that the nearly 25,000 that have come to the U.S. since the start of the conflict between Moscow and Kyiv, 30% or more than 32,000 people are trying to settle in New York City. He added that Ukrainian migrants often try to settle in Brooklyn area, where there are a lot of Ukrainian and Russian-speaking communities. Already now, there are many Ukrainian refugees in New York who are actively participating in the city's economy. New York already has a rich Ukrainian community, and we are going to continue to help to develop, help it develop and expand. Our administration has allocated a significant amount to some local agencies and organizations so they can help Ukrainian refugees truly assimilate into local society, Adams told RTVI. 
Meanwhile, earlier this month, New York City authorities also announced that churches, mosques, and synagogues across the city would start doubling as migrant shelters started from July, with each location expected to house some 19 adult men over overnight for two years. The establishments will be reimbursed $125, per, $125 per night per migrant by the city's taxpayers. Adams said the mayor also called for us calling called for, uh, for using all of the 108,000 cities, towns, and villages in America to solve the humanitarian crisis and said he does not blame the migrants searching for the American dream, but those who fail to provide the proper conditions. Are you crazy? You wanted this, Eric Adams. You did. Why do other people got to pay the price? Why? No way, man. No, no way. Ain't no way, man. Ain't no way. Ain't no way, man. Ain't no way. Mm -mm. Nah, this this is wrong. And I'm glad that New York State, you know, basically told you, hell no, we ain't helping you. You're crazy. And the thing with the Ukrainians, I did tell you, you know, that Ukrainians, you have some that are neo-Nazis. And you're helping these people get more of a network because I'm not saying all Ukrainians are neo-Nazis. But let me tell you this. A lot of them are going to places like Ireland, scouting the rooftops, telling the truth, scouting the rooftops. And these ain't refugees, actually. These are soldiers from Azov Battalion. And they're trying to find ways to have advantage over the Irish police. Okay? Just in case they wise up. And they have to start fighting. Eric Adams is strengthening white supremacy. And I bet you he knows that. It really hurts that when you see a black man in power, he does nothing for his people. He does everything for everybody else, but does nothing for black people. Nothing. I don't see you doing this to strengthen bonds of the black community to help families out. I don't see you do legitimately help them. Keep the crime down, involve more police presence in the crime infested communities probably encourage you know you know for the city to have home ec auto auto shop body auto shop in high schools again so the kids can learn a trade if they don't feel college is for them put that into black communities i don't see you doing that but you're giving everything to possibly trojan horses of white supremacy undercover neo-nazis that's what i see eric adams doing and sadly you have a lot of blacks that don't see how this is going to affect them at all
Speaking of the migrant crisis, let's get into this right here. Seventy-eight people have died after a boat full of migrants sunk off the coast of Greece. That ship was carrying migrants from Libya bound for Italy. Authorities spotted it in international waters yesterday, but those on board initially declined an offer of assistance. Then the boat capsized off the coast of Greece. The Coast Guard was able to rescue a little more than 100 people from the wreckage, which was about 45 miles off the coast. But they fear more could still be missing in the water. This is the deadliest shipwreck off the Greek coast so far this year. People risking their lives for a better life, man. Risking it all. And it's, it's terrible. It really is. Okay. Well, let's get into some stories here, right? And we're going to get into two stories about BlackRock. Let's talk about BlackRock. That's what we're going to get into. Feel bad for those people, man. All right. BlackRock exec admits on camera, we control the world depopulation. We control the world. Depopulation is good for business. BlackRock executive Serge Farley has been caught on camera admitting that the globalist investment company controls the world and is actively working towards depopulating the planet as part of its agenda. James O'Keefe, new outlet of O'Keefe Media Group, filmed Farley making the statement starting claims about the investment company and in undercover footage. The BlackRock executive explained to the undercover journalist how the company gets politicians in the pocket, saying the senators are cheap. Got 10 grand, you can buy a senator. Can't take this flipping ton of money and buy people. You can take this flipping ton of money and buy people. I work for a company called BlackRock. It's not who is the president, it's who is controlling the wallet of the president. Exactly. This is why I say your vote doesn't count because at the end of the day, if what you gave that person is, you know, can't top what another person will give to knock you out of the park so they can get what they want, your vote doesn't count. Because a politician is a prostitute. A senator is really a prostitute in a nice suit. That's it. You could buy your candidates first. There is the senators that the senators, these guys are really cheap. Got 10 grand and you could buy a senator. I'll give you 500K right now. It doesn't matter who wins. They're in my pocket. At one point, the recruiter admitted that BlackRock is profiting from the war in Ukraine. Ukraine is good for, but for business. 
You know that, right? Russia blows up Ukraine's grain silos and the price of wheat is going to be bad up. The Ukrainian economy is the wheat market. The price of bread goes up. This is fantastic if you're trading. Volatility creates opportunity for profit. So, let's hear from the man himself, Serge Valet. They, they don't want people to talk about them. They don't want to be anywhere on, on the radar. Why not? I don't know, but I suspect it's probably because it's easier to do things when people aren't thinking about it. All of these financial institutions, they buy politicians. You can take this big ton of money and then you can start to buy people. I work for a company called BlackRock. Meet Serge Varley, a recruiter at BlackRock. Let me tell you, it's not the who's the president. It's, it's who's controlling the, the wall. So it's, it's the, and who's like, that? The hedge funds, BlackRock, the banks. These guys want campaign financing. Yep, you can buy your candidates. Obviously, we have the system in place. First, there's the Senate. And these guys are shit. You got 10 grand, you can buy a senator. I could give you 500k right now, no questions asked. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna do this. We're done. Does like everybody do that? Does Blackhawk do that? Uh, it doesn't matter who wins. They're so they're, they're my pocket at this point. Here's Serge Varley on how good war is for BlackRock's business. Do you have any um, thoughts on the Ukraine-Russia war? Yeah, I mean, I, I do have thoughts. What, what are they? Ukraine is good for business. You, you know, right? I'll give an example. Russia Russia blows up Ukraine's grain silos. Price of wheat is going to go mad up. Ukrainian economy is tied very largely to the wheat market, global wheat market. Prices of bread, of, you know, it, literally everything is, it goes up and down. This is fantastic if you're trading. Volatility creates opportunity to make profit. War is real good for, for business. It's exciting when goes wrong, right? BlackRock manages 20 trillion. It's incomprehensible numbers. BlackRock Serge Varley says all of this is above a normal person's understanding. You're like an undercover reporter. I don't know what normal people don't give a this is This is beyond them. The whole thing of like domination from a concept is just it's, it's so interesting. Hi, I'm James O'Keefe with OMG News. Here we are with our latest story, this time on BlackRock, one of the world's leading asset and investment managers, which owns significant shares of companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Anheuser-Busch, Meta, Target, Procter & Gamble, Comcast, CNN, Fox, and yes, Pfizer, just to name a few. At OMG, we do not shy away from exposing powerful companies, and we're not afraid of powerful people. So we decided to take a look for ourselves at the influence BlackRock has on our politics and the influence they have on our culture. So to do that, what better place to start a hidden camera investigation than into a self-described gatekeeper at BlackRock. Like, you're kind of like a f***ing gatekeeper at BlackRock. Yeah, I am. I, I decide people's fates. Every f 
and they, I literally decide how somebody's life is going to be shaped. That's so powerful. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know, the, the whole thing of like domination from a concept, is just, it's, it's so interesting. Introducing Serge Varley, whose LinkedIn says he's worked for Morgan Stanley, Citadel, and now as a recruiter at BlackRock. I work for uh, a company called BlackRock. Uh, I'm not actually a finance guy. I just, I know what happens because I'm recruiting people who do these things. Mm -hmm. I'm the person who headhunts people from other firms. So I would approach him and be like, hey, this is a good reason why you should come work for us. Serge tells us who really runs the world, how they do it, and just how much it costs to buy people, like politicians. Let me tell you, it's not through who's the president. It's who's controlling the, the wallet. So it's, it's the and who's that? The hedge funds, BlackRock, the banks. These guys want campaign financing. Yep, you can buy your candidates. All of these financial institutions, they buy politicians. How do they run the world? You acquire stuff. Diversify, you acquire, you keep acquiring, you spend whatever you make in acquiring more. And at a certain point, your risk level is, is super low. Like, imagine you've invested in um, like 10 different industries from food to to drinks to like technology, right? One, one of them fails, it doesn't matter. You have nine others to make you up. Risk management is, is inherently in just about everything. And in the finance space, it's all about, it's, 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 well, it's all about the money you make. You don't, you don't let it sit. Yeah, like you keep using it over and over, and reinvest. Yeah, and exponential growth. And then once you just own a little bit of everything, is that where the control? Yeah, you own a little bit of everything, and that little bit of everything gives you so much money on a yearly basis that you can take this big ton of money, and then you can start to buy people. Obviously, we have the system in place. First, there's the senators, and these guys. You got ten grand, you can buy a senator. It doesn't matter who wins. They're, they're my popular list. I can give you 500k right now. No questions asked. Yeah. Are you going to do what needs to be done? Like, yeah, of course. And Why not? Does like, everybody do that? Does BlackRock do that? The BlackRock recruiter also tells us about how the U.S. government relies on BlackRock for their economic simulation computational power. Economic simulation. They need to understand the impact of something, right? They're gonna like raise the interest rate, for example. It's gonna create this cascade of various factors that people aren't they're not sure what it's gonna do basically. And just how fing great the Ukraine war is for business. Do you have any um thoughts on the Ukraine right? Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, I mean, people are manufacturing the bullets, the tanks, the planes. I mean, that's how it is. War has always been a business. I mean, it's messed up. Don't get me wrong, because it's not good for business for people who are being forced to fight at gunpoint. It's not good, but this is what it is. Okay, the people who are making the weapons are the ones that make the profit. And... That's how it is. Russia war? Ukraine is good for business. You know, right? We don't want the conflict to, to, to end. Why? 
We don't want the conflict to end as a country. The longer this goes on, the weaker Russia is. I'll give an example. Russia, Russia blows up Ukraine's grain silos. Price of wheat's gonna go mad up. So what are you gonna do if you're a trading firm? The moment that news hits, within a millisecond, you're gonna pump. You're gonna pump trades into um, into uh, whoever the wheat suppliers are into their stocks. Within an hour or two, that stock goes up, and then you sell, and you just made I don't know however many milk. Why would a news channel promote a side and more? Because it's also good for business. I mean, what's news? News, right? What does news feed on? They feed on strategy. They feed on up events, that's what people like to watch, so when it happens, it's, it's good business, more viewers. When nothing's happening, watch the news, I don't watch the news. So they're all pushing like the same talking point, like you generally when you look at news, like... It's propaganda. The Ukrainian economy is tied very largely to the wheat market, global wheat market. This is fantastic if you're trading. Volatility creates opportunity to make profit. War is real good for, for business. It's exciting when shit goes wrong, right? Surge also speaks on BlackRock-influenced news and even gave our journalists some tips. Based on everything we know now, uh -huh. when they say to sell, does you know, that mean we should you know, buy? Sell, yeah. It's like, uh, you know Jim Cramer? If you do uh, exactly the opposite of what he's advising, you actually make money. Huh? Yeah. It's like, it's called the, the inverse Kramer. They don't want to be in the news. They, they don't want people to talk about them. They don't want to be anywhere on the radar. Why not? I don't know, but I suspect it's probably because it's easier to do things when people aren't thinking about it. And when Surge was asked about insider trading, and if Larry Fink recently sold $100 million in BlackRock shares, here is what he said. Larry Fink? Recently sold a hundred million dollars worth of BlackRock. Oh, uh, wow. Damn, Larry, that's not a good sign. The people who trade and make money, they do this the moment the information is out. And that info is typically, typically disseminated at private levels first before it gets the mm -hmm. information. If you want to invest smart, there's a tracker that tracks all politicians and where they have their stocks. Preemptively, if the stock price, if we think the stock price is gonna tank, we're gonna sell so that, so that we, we sell it high, it tanks, and we buy back. And we made, well, we didn't make, but we preserved, preserved a few mil. But perhaps the most remarkable, profound comment by the BlackRock recruiter is the suggestion that nobody is going to care about what he is saying here or confessing here. Because as he says, quote, normal people don't give a shit. You're like an undercover reporter. Really? No, no, don't normal people worry about this stuff? No, 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 no normal people don't give a shit. This is, this is beyond them. That these types of questions my reporter asked are beyond all of you. The answer is something that you, the people, the consumers, the shareholders, couldn't possibly understand. It's been said that it's easier to fool a man than to convince him he's been fooled. There is no question that many Americans are still asleep who may not want to wake up from their necessary illusions. But we hope and believe by showing these tapes of this BlackRock gatekeeper 
speaking so plainly on so many topics that not only we wake up people, but also inspire others to come forward on institutions like BlackRock. Hmm. Yeah, man. This is, uh, it's wild. I got some good investment tips, though. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'll be investing in some wheat. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shoot. Man, listen. He dropped game, right? He was dropping some game. Peep the game. Learn the game. That's what you got to do. All right. You could be mad. We could learn after all. I mean, it is crashing. So get some tips to make some money. You know, that's what I say. Shucks. BlackRock and JP Morgan help set up Ukraine Reconstruction Bank. Fund aims to attract billions of dollars in private investment to assist rebuilding projects in war torn country. BlackRock and JP Morgan Chase are helping. The Ukrainian government set up a reconstruction bank to steer public seed capital into rebuilding projects that can attract hundreds of billions of dollars in private investment. The Ukraine Development Fund remains in the planning stages and is not expected to fully launch until the end of hostilities with Russia. But investors will have a preview this week at a London conference co-hosted by the British and Ukrainian governments. So many of today's long-term challenges are best addressed through blended finance, and this is one. You need these vehicles to mobilize capital at scale, said BlackRock Vice Chair Philip Hildebrand, who will be discussing the work on Wednesday. The World Bank estimated in March that Ukraine would need $411 billion to rebuild after the war, and recent Russian attacks have driven that figure higher. The Kiev government engaged BlackRock's consulting firm in November to determine how best to attract that kind of capital and then added JP Morgan in February. Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky announced last month that the country was working with two financial groups and consultants at McKinsey. No formal fundraising target has been set before people familiar with the discussions say the fund is seeking to raise low-cost capital from governments donors and international finance financial institutions and leverage it to attract between five and ten times as much private investment blackrock and jp morgan are donating their services although the work will give them an early look at possible investments in the country the assessment also deepens jp morgan's relationship with a long-standing client the bank has helped Ukraine raise more than $25 billion in sovereign debt since 2010 and led the country's $20 billion debt reconstruction last year. The finances consulted with private and public sec sector investors and found they want to help Ukraine, but we're literally not just about war losses, but also the country's governance, lack of transparency, and, shadow capital, and shallow capital markets. Let's not forget Ukrainian government is one of the most corrupt governments in the world. Okay, let's not forget that they have child trafficking and illegal organ harvesting. Let's not forget about that. What Ukraine needed, BlackRock advised, was a development finance bank 
to find investment opportunities in sectors such as infrastructure, climate, and agriculture, and make them attra attractive to pension funds and other long-term investors and lenders. JP Morgan was brought in partly for its depth expertise. The fund is being set up to also give public and private sector investors the opportunity to invest into specific projects and sectors, said Stefan Weiler, JP Morgan's head of debt capital markets for Central Europe, Middle East, and Africa. There will be different sector funds that the fund identified as priorities for Ukraine. The aim is maximize capital participation. The structure calls for the fund to use the lower cost public money known as concessional capital to make initial investments and absorb the first losses. The notion is that the initial seed capital would be de-risking mechanism and would create the potential for private sector capital to come in at scale, said Brandon Hall, co-head of BlackRock's financial markets advisor arm. Ukraine will have its own organization to source and syndicate these local investment opportunities. To overcome investor concerns about the governance, the fund is expected to stock its board with representatives of international financial institutions and governments and higher investment professionals to execute its strategy. Our view is that if you have a strong governance structure and internationally credible set of stakeholders, you are in the leadership position in this fund, then that will go a long way, all said. BlackRock's advice has drawn on its work for the Saudi National Development Fund and the Climate Finance Partnership, a blended finance vehicle that directs investment to sustainability projects in emerging markets. McKinsey did not respond to a request for comment. At present, Ukraine work is focused on setting up the structure, governance, and practical procedures because most investors, investors want to wait for the end of the hostilities. The important part is that Ukraine is already thinking ahead, Wheeler said. When the war is over, they're going to want to be ready and start rebuilding, start the rebuilding process immediately. Yeah, this is wild, man. This is wild. Okay, absolutely just insane. Okay, JP Morgan is partnering with a Nazi government. But what can you expect? And BlockRock, you can't expect, you know, they're very much opportunists and they are smart and they control most of the mainstream media outlets. So there's that too. There is that as well. All right. That's all I could do for now. It's getting late. And anything you want to know about this channel, it's in the description box. <clears throat> I have a Rumble channel, Radical Thoughts 791. Uh, that's about it. Later.